uh, when I started looking at the, the people around me. I'm responsible for a lot of people. Uh, people depend on me. Um, and a lot of people make a lot of money with me. So with that being said, um, I just trying to think lately about um, how to get to that next level and, and um, what does that look like and what we need to do. So that's, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think it looks like? I don't know, man. A part of me want to do, I honestly, I don't know. But I what, what I think I want to do is just take what I have now and just multiply it. I think like that's going to be the best thing. All right, everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. He flew into Austin, Texas from Augusta, Georgia. Yeah, we got yeah. Real Estate Roddy. He's from Augusta. He owns a business called uh, Dream Estates. Uh, he's wholesale, flip, bought easily over 100 properties uh, for about the same time that uh, I have for the last five, six years or so. Yeah, five years. Five years. Yep. So today we're going to dive into a story. Thank you for coming, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. I was uh, excited when Kat told me that she kept telling me, she's like, he's flying into this podcast. He's flying in to come on. I was like, all right, I, I appreciate it and I respect it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, bro. So tell us a little bit about what you got going on in uh, Augusta. All right. So in Augusta, um, like I said, I've been doing real estate for five years. I just turned 30. So I um, bought my first property when I was 24. And um, what was it? What was it? Um, it was a s single family, um, in my neighborhood that I grew up. So that was my first one, but I, but I ended up having three houses that same month though. So, okay. Yeah. So once I bought that one, um, I owned the finance, like the next two, the same okay. month. All right. Yep. And so, uh, you're 24 years old, mm -hmm. uh, growing up in Augusta, Georgia. Did you ever think that you were going to get into real estate? Nah, I ain't never... Nobody in my family was like real homeowners. Like we didn't grow up on that. Um, one of my cousins, Kurt, um, he kind of started sharing some podcasts with me, um, and uh, everything kind of like snowballed from there. So I kind of was studying it for a while and learning. So once I had the opportunity, everything made sense, and I bought that first one, and I've been buying ever since. Well, tell me uh, about Cousin Kurt and uh, kind of introducing you to this. What were you, like, what was your plan? You know, you're uh, obviously younger than 24 when mm -hmm. you started learning about it, listening to podcasts. Like, uh, what were you thinking your life was going to be like? So, uh, in the beginning, like, my childhood, like, I always been hustler. Like, I was cutting grass, um, like, whatever I needed to do to make some money because I had to. Uh, eventually I had to start getting my own school clothes like w once I was in like seventh grade and so uh, that's kind of where I get my hustler uh, spirit from but um, with Kurt uh, what ended up happening was I was working the nine to five and at that point I, I was like uh, 24 23 years old and I was like I just can't do this for the rest of my life. And we was making good money, but it just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I remember talking to him about it, and he brought in um, this guy with, um, uh, shoot, I can't remember the company name, but he basically um, came and talked to us about investing in stocks and just in general. For, came to the company? <laughs> nah, he came to, uh, Kurt brought him to speak to the family. and he That's kinda, cool. It was dope. Kurt sounds like a good man. Kurt, my, that's my dog. Yeah, that's my boy. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how um, uh, the uh, light bulb went off. And, you know, we started learning from there and um, uh, listening to a bunch of p Bigger Pockets. I was listening to Bigger Pockets uh, and a couple other ones, uh, Blacker Pockets, and, um, and, learning listening to other people's stories how they started real estate and that's when i started like just getting little ideas and i kind of went from there okay and how many uh properties do you currently own as rentals and hold on to today right now uh 10 10 yeah how much uh cash flow do they generate a month give or take 
uh, probably about, hmm, I'm going to say somewhere about uh, probably 13K. 13K. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah That's it. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 30 years old, passively earning $13,000 a month. Well, you manage them, but for the most part, passively, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, into it. Better than the uh, nine to five. Uh, Way better. So earning $13,000 a month, and that's only going to increase over time uh, and get better. Um, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. And like uh, you were talking about the hustler spirit coming from cutting grass, having to buy your own school clothes when mm-hmm. you were in seventh grade. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd love to talk about that and kind of how you grew up and kind of what the mindset was and how, I mean, I guess Cousin Kurt kind of brought you out of that uh or you know helped bring you into a new mindset with mm-hmm. investing in real estate uh because i think it's really important i don't know if you've experienced this you know through your social media channels and everything but we definitely have uh and you know like i told you my story earlier uh yeah. you know 21 years old full-blown heroin addict uh i don't think that a lot of people believe that this is possible for them I right. think that a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, maybe they were raised that way. Maybe society is telling them something. Maybe their employer is telling them something. Maybe they just have negative, uh, you know, uh, thoughts about themselves or what's possible for the future. And for whatever reason, they don't believe that they can achieve what you've achieved by 30 years old. I mean, uh, you've accomplished more by the age of 30 than most people do in their entire life. And so I'd love to kind of talk about that and talk about how um, this is possible for anybody. You know, one of our core values here at TRE is opportunities for everyone. Uh, We believe that it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is, what your education is, what country you came from. Anybody has the opportunity to be successful in real estate. All you got to do is work hard and go get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um early on um so my dad ended up passing away when i was uh eight years old right but before he passed away he was the neighborhood candy man so uh like when he used to when he used to leave out the projects or whatever i used to have to hold the store down so that you know um so i, I was selling i was going with him to buy so i was always into like uh just hustling in general mm-hmm. and um so uh i think one of the biggest things uh coming from uh where i come from is that you don't see success and um that that was one of the things that probably hold, hold back a lot of people from being able to do a lot of things uh, so me today i make sure i go back and do uh back to school for the kids and um just random little things for kids in the community and i go and i show them like it's possible anybody can do it you know you put your mind to it mm-hmm. so th- that's something i make sure i do whether yeah. it's uh in the community um uh, with uh adults uh anybody friends family and um and uh hard work always gonna pay off and that's just how i see it it is and it does and yeah. i think uh i think one of the other like we were talking about this earlier when we were driving around uh you had asked you know what got me into real estate mm-hmm. uh because like we both work really hard right like right. I, I could be working really really hard as hard as i do here on a construction site and not be making as much money right exactly and so i think that it also comes with the uh education of you know whether it is through cousin kurt or through podcasts or whatever it is on you know different ways where you can work hard and achieve you know extraordinary results mm-hmm. you know such as real estate investing finding deals capitalizing on uh value that maybe you wouldn't otherwise be able to find it you know working at whatever it is mcdonald's or or somewhere else right yeah i think um a lot of times we uh we go outside in the world and then we get influenced uh like i said it's a lot of times it's gonna be like what you used to seeing every day, um, the people you're around, um, what type of friends you have, for example, you know, and um, you gotta be mindful of uh, those things as well. So that's that's a big part of it too, you know, yeah. keeping good people around you that that's positive, you know, that uh, and 
you being positive to other people. Absolutely. Mm. So, all right. Um, where where were you working at when you were like twenty three? I was twenty three. I was working at Bridgestone. Bridgestone tire plant. You ever heard of? You know it's Bridgestone. Oh yeah, tire yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're working at the tire plant. You yeah. said it's a pretty good job. Yeah, it was a good job, especially for a twenty three year old. Okay, what were you doing there? Making tires. So I used to make the rubber. Uh-huh. I used to work in mixing. So we just made the rubber, then they go out into the um, to the other side. And know. then they put it in the molds and yeah. make the tires. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a whole process. All right. And uh, what were you doing before that? Because I'm sure that was, a, like you said, a good, steady, paying job. Um, before that, I was working at um, a, side, a side shop. And that was another big part of um, me being able to become an entrepreneur. It helped me build my confidence. Uh, when I was 19, I ended up going to jail or something like that. I think I no, I was like 20. I turned 21. I went to jail for three weeks. And I lost my job that I had before then. So when I got out of jail, well, when I was in jail, I knew that job was gone. So I was just like, well, I got to figure something out because I, I got an apartment, all that. So um, I was like, I want to learn how to work with my hands, like a trade or uh, fixing something, whatever. And I got on Craigslist, and I ended up finding this shop. And um, they... Uh, it was like a bunch of miscellaneous stuff that you uh, she wanted you to do there, like you know, from loading up the customers with the saw with the um, with the fork truck. We was doing, we was fixing roof, we was working on the eighteen wheelers. So it was like a whole lot of stuff going on there. And she took a chance with me, and I think that was another big part of my life where um, I was able to. I was um, working under this other guy who had um he was a little older but he had all the he knew what he was doing mm-hmm. and i came in i learned from him mm-hmm. so that kind of translated into real estate because um by the time i started um buying my first property um i knew how to do a lot of stuff like plumbing and and what i didn't know i knew the concepts of it to be able to go and just figure it out youtube Nah, I wasn't on YouTube then. You didn't learn on YouTube? Nah, not, not at that time. Not at that time. But um, a lot of, I do, YouTube, everything on YouTube these days. Yeah. But um, at that time, um, that that was a big a big thing. Because a lot of people now try to figure out, like, how did I learn how to do any of the um, carpenter side of uh, real estate? And mm-hmm. that's how I, I learned through, like, just trial and error, just going with it. Yeah. Well, that's that's the way to do it. Oh yeah. Only reason I mentioned YouTube is uh, there's some I learn everything on YouTube. For real. I love YouTube. I've watched YouTube since I don't know. I was you know just a little kid whenever uh. it came out. And uh, sometimes when I have con- when I send a contractor out to you know do something on like a bathtub or something, they said no, it's not possible. It can't be done. I can't do it like oh, that. Yeah. YouTube how to you know XYZ and I'm like here's a YouTube video that shows you exactly how to do it you know and so you can learn anything you know there are no oh, yeah. no excuses whether it is YouTube Google trial and error mm-hmm. everything is uh, is possible oh yeah um, tell me about this interaction with cousin Kurt so cousin Kurt brought somebody uh, to sit down with the family yeah how, how big's the family uh, uh, this is my North Augusta family, so uh, it probably was about 20, 20 of my family members there. Twenty Maybe people some, there. Yep, something like that. And where where is everybody at? Where are y'all at? We was at the recreation center. You ever heard of the uh, Peach Jam? Uh uh-uh. uh. So the uh, Nike have a Peach Jam in North Augusta. Okay. It's like EYBL. It's a big thing now. Okay. And that's where all the um, all the. Uh, high school basketball prospects, the best of the best. That's where they play at. Okay. And all the scouts of uh, college is there watching them play. Okay. So we had it there at the um, recreation center. Okay. So cousin Kurt organized this. Yeah, he put it together. And uh, who is cousin Kurt? Like, uh, what it, what was he doing at the time? Kurt, he he's in the um, basketball world. Okay. He, he does uh, he does real estate as well. Um. Um. So he like helps. Uh, recruit or put stuff together for Nike there? Nah, not necessarily Nike. Uh, he he does stuff with Adidas, um, with uh, oh, with Stars. He a part of their uh, organization, so that's what he does now. Um, but um, 
he coached me as well when I was in high school. And, um, yeah, so he ended up bringing a guy from Edward Jones, and um, that's kind of how we uh, uh, got going with that. And so what – because – that's not a uh, I don't think that's a normal thing I've never had somebody tell me that uh, someone in their family organized a meeting where they had you know a financial advisor essentially right yeah. come and and talk about stocks and mm -hmm. investing and I think that that's very uh, I think that's really cool you know I've never heard of that before yeah um it's one excuse me it's one of the things like we always talk about anyway like group economics and you know it's pretty much trying to get everybody on the same page because we could do more like as a whole rather than just you or me right so that's right. pretty much how that worked and um uh i took a lot from it and i learned a lot from it and and um uh, and we still work together to this day though kurt yeah well I, what uh because did you know much about investing prior to this meeting uh no none None really. I had four hundred one k, but um, other than that, um, not really. And so, what did this Edward Jones uh, guy come in and tell you guys? He was talking to us about how the insurance companies make money, um, uh, stocks, um, investing in things that you use primarily. Like if you are a fan of Tol uh, Colgate, like uh -huh. you want to buy you some stock in Colgate because that's who you support. That's right. where your dollar's going. Right. Stuff like that. Okay. And it just kind of, uh, you know, like, turned that light bulb on Yeah, it's mind. just like, okay. And then um, from there, like I said, the podcast, then um, we was reading books too. Um, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, things like that. Well, so that's cool. That's how we, yeah. uh, that's pretty much what kind of got it rolling. And I just studied um, everything and listened to podcasts. So I was going to work on my doing work on breaks on the way to work. I was listening to podcasts, learning, 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 and then that just gave me that creativity and like, oh, light bulb off. Oh, I can do it this way, you know, because it's not just like it's real estate. You know, it ain't one way to do nothing. Right. So it's like it gave me uh, a sense of direction. Mm -hmm. And so the only the only way I knew. That that first property was a um was a, a good opportunity was because I had already prepared for it, so I understood what it was, mm -hmm. and uh, sh for sure I still own that one. Well, I own almost all of my rentals to today, mm -hmm. and everything has appreciated like crazy. Yeah, you started mm -hmm. buying at the at the good time, and then I'm sure similar to what to the way it was here, 2020 through 2021, things just took off. Yep. So tell me about this first one. How did you uh, find this first deal? Uh, so I found that first deal through um, uh, my wife, her brother and sister-in-law was selling a house. And this is a house that's in uh, in my hood where I grew up as a kid. So I probably pass this house every day. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she told me about it and we went to go look at it and I ended up being able to close on it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what what price you buy it for? I bought that one for twenty two thousand. Twenty two thousand. Yep. Okay. And what uh, what do you think it was worth when you bought it? Uh, it appraised for forty eight when I bought it. Okay, great. Yeah. They just needed twenty two to kind of walk away. Yep. I think that was like maybe they pay off or something. Something like that. They were just kind of done with it. I ain't asking no questions. <laughs> twenty two. You said twenty two. I yeah. can get it for you. Yeah. And it appraised, so I mean, appraised for uh, forty-eight at that time. So, um, and fast forward like two years later, a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Okay, and what uh, did it need any work done to it? I spent like eight hundred dollars on work, and paint, or I had a tenant the uh, next week. Okay, and yeah. what was the tenant paying? She was paying like eight hundred. Eight hundred. Yeah. That's the four uh, percent rule. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay, and how'd you get the uh, twenty-two thousand to buy it? I use a conventional loan. Okay, so you just went and applied. Yep. Uh, and you were working full time at Bridgestone. Bridgestone still. Yep. So that income helped you qualify. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And I had yeah that income helped me qualify, and I had started building my credit. I had bought a dirt bike, 
So I started building my credit um, with that because I ain't had much credit. So prior to that, you had bought a dirt bike, making payments on it, yeah, and that helped your credit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what uh, what kind of dirt bike? It was a Honda. It was a 2016 Honda CRL 250. 250. Yeah. Four stroke. Yeah. Okay. You right. I have. I don't need more, but I used to. Ah oh, man. I like the two strokes though. Oh, okay. okay. I used to ride growing up. My dad uh put me on when I was this tall. I used to ride the dirt bikes with the uh, training wheels on them. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right. I, I had ended up selling all my dirt bikes um once I really started real estate for real though. Yeah. Well like we talked about today, I mean I love riding dirt bikes, but uh all we do is real estate all day long. Yeah. I, I know how I be. Yeah. Okay, so eight hundred, and then you said the next month, or no, same month, like same a month, week later. Uh, week, well, yeah, getting to rent it out. But you were talking about two properties you got seller yeah. finance. Bought them a week later. A week later. Yeah, because okay. once I bought that, I was like, I gotta buy something else. Okay. I figured it out. So where'd you get those two from? Um, uh, they was on the market actually. Okay. It was two houses that was on the same lot. Okay, nice. And I got those on the, on the finance deal. I put eighteen thousand down. And so, prior to this, you were saving up your money. Yeah, I was. Well, I I'll be honest. So I'm not good at saving money. Like I can't see it. I don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. So I put my money in my four hundred one k. Okay. That's how I was doing it. Right. So I tell people that like, boost up. You are nine five. Yeah. Boost your 401k money up, work a little overtime, your paycheck gonna be the same. That's right. what I was doing. Okay, and so you pulled it out of the 401k? Yeah. Okay. You have anything in your 401k still? Uh, no, I'm talking real estate. Real estate. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you pulled 18 grand out of your 401k, mm -hmm. uh, put that down. Well, I had like, I think I had 10, so I only needed like another eight. So I put that, I put 18,000 down on a, I think the property was like 102. Okay, for two houses. And it had tenants in there already? One had a tenant and um, one didn't. But after I bought that first one, I had to figure out how to, because I was living in an apartment, so I had to figure out like how to um, get out of that. So I really was wanting a duplex, but that situation was just, it's better than a duplex. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of them was rented out already, so we ended up moving in the one that was renovated. Okay, so now you're house hacking for sure. Uh, what was your uh, mortgage payment? It was like um thousand. It thousand was a thousand dollars a month. And the other tenant was paying how much? Uh, five fifty. Okay. So yeah. And what were you paying at your apartment? Four fifty. Okay, so it was about the same amount you're about paying. The same thing. All right, but now you got your own house, yep. yard, everything. Yep. Uh, and how did you structure the seller finance? They were trying to sell it that way? Mm -mm. I, uh, oh, so how I ended up doing that, I couldn't find what I was looking for. So something told me call the property manager of the apartment that I lived in. It was a quad. Mm -hmm. So I called him, and he had one on the market. That's what he had on the market because he's a broker. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he set it up for me. I asked, I asked him about the seller finance because I knew I wasn't going to be able to get a, another loan right then. Mm -hmm. So um, I asked him, could we uh, do it that way? And he got with the the um, seller. And um, we ended up putting everything in perspective. So okay. we did a 7% interest rate mm -hmm. with a two-year balloon. Okay. That was the tricky part. Yeah. Because I was like, damn, like. Paid off in two years. That was scary. Yeah. But at that point, it was just like, he told me how to do it. He told me to, like, this is how you get around it. You could beat it. Like, six months, just go refinance it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to pay it off. Yeah. Just refinance it. Yeah. But I ain't know that. Right. It's brand new. Right. But I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So I went with that. That's exactly what I did. And when you refinance in six months, what did it appraise for? It'll pr Dang, I can't remember. This is like 2018 still. Do you have to put more money down? No, I, no, I, I didn't want to pull no money from it, and I I didn't want to do – I just wanted just to switch the loan. Yeah, That's swap. It. Lead the equity. And you probably got a great interest rate at that time. Yeah. Um, the interest rate was pretty good. That Compared that, to the seven. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which is normal now. Yeah, it was like four, I think. Yeah. I think it was, it was something like a four or five. 
Okay. Yep. And so now you own uh, three houses in a matter of uh, what? Five weeks? Yep. Okay. And uh, four. Four weeks. Yeah, less than four, though. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's amazing. I bought all three of those in February. Okay. And uh, you, uh, your wife, y'all are married at the time? Mm-mm. Nah. But y'all are together? And yeah. Was she an agent at the time? Nah. Okay. And so what uh, what was she thinking about you buying all these houses? Uh, Supporting it? Was it? A, yeah, 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 for sure. It's, it was exciting because uh, I guess pretty much, too, because uh, she had been knowing um, we've been talking about it every day like for the last six months eight mm-hmm. months and uh to see everything like come full circles like it's pretty cool okay yeah. so she was on board yeah for sure and uh then when did she get licensed she got a license 2019 okay so Tw- no 2019 20 yeah 2019 okay so a little bit later after yeah. y'all been doing it for a while mm-hmm um and so now you got the bug after you bought these two you're like i gotta go buy some more yeah so uh when did you quit uh your job i quit my job in december 2021 so you stayed there for a while yeah i ain't yeah i wasn't in no rush because i knowing that i was gonna keep building my money up so i can keep buying mm-hmm. and eventually it was gonna get to where I have to leave, but I I wanted it to be that way rather than it's some emotional like oh I just want to quit. It wasn't that, so I just used my job to keep um, making money, saving money, and uh, kept buying property. Okay, and uh, what happened after these two? When did you start wholesaling and deciding to flip? Nah, so after that one, by May we ended up having so that's February. By May we had a duplex. Okay. Yeah. So now you got five five units, five doors. Mm-hmm. You bought the duplex. Yep. So we moved out the we moved out that house. We was only there for maybe two months. Moved there out of there to the duplex. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved in the worst one, rented out the the good one. Mm-hmm. Um, started fixing up the worst one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we did that. How'd you buy that one? I use uh, my wife credit. Wife credit. Okay, mm-hmm. she she hadn't even seen the duplex. She was in Mexico. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, I got with the lender. I did everything while she was gone. Okay. Yeah. Got the loan. Yep. All right. Uh, how much was that duplex? Mm, it was seventy six thousand. Okay. And uh, what were the rents on the good side? The good side, I think we was renting out for like seven fifty. All right. Well, that's great. Yeah, it was good. So this is all in Augusta, all in the same area that you grew up in. Yup. <clears throat> no, not uh, not the 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 first one is the only one where I grew up, but all the other ones was like three oh nine oh four, and that's pretty much like to me that's like the best zip code in Augusta. To okay. Me. Why is it the best one? Um, cause uh, it's the it's more like the downtown. Um, you got the Augusta Masters right there. You got the hospitals, the colleges. Oh yeah, the, uh, the Masters mall. playing for sure. Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. All right. You watch golf? No, I don't really watch sports that much. Ah, uh, okay. I, I like don't sports. watch golf though. I like sports. Like to play sports, but I don't really watch it too much. Yeah. But I do remember Augusta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. So that's the best zip code. That's where the duplex was. Yep. 30904. What's that one worth today? Uh, we already sold that one for 150. Nice. Yeah. 30904. That's where to look in Augusta. Ah man, stay out of the way. <laughs> All right. So, uh, when did you start wholesaling and flipping houses, and um, like, what was going on when you decided to quit your job? So after after we bought a duplex, um, what I did, I hadn't used my FHA loan yet. So I used my FHA loan, bought a um, another um, single family for one, what was it, like 110? 30904? Yep, for about 110. And we moved in that mm-hmm. one. So we moved out the apartment, moved into that one in December. 
rented out the apartment and then we fixed we did a live-in flip okay and uh that was my first flip that was your first flip and that's yeah. when you quit your job or are you still working um no nah, i ain't quit my job till i got to i was working on the second flip okay yeah because uh and so how much money did you make from the first one not a lot probably like twenty thousand. yeah but that's, i mean what were you making per month at the time at your job Probably, uh, shoot, probably like two, three thousand. Two, three thousand. Yeah. So I mean, it may not be a lot, you know, today, uh, with bigger deals, but at the time, that's a lot of money. Yeah, Yeah, it was good, and really, it wasn't even about the money. It was just, um, it was the experience. Yeah. I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot, uh, going through that process and. Hey, this is Alex, and I'm the co-owner of TRE. Since the beginning of time, real estate has created more millionaires than any other investment, and I want to get you involved in a community that will help you achieve your goals within real estate investing. I know you don't have the knowledge, connections, or resources to start investing today. Most people spin their wheels over and over and over without ever actually taking any action to successfully start investing. That's why I want to get you involved in our community so that you can get the hands-on support, training, and meet the other members that you can start doing deals with in order to start investing in real estate. You need to get in the room with the right people who can help you achieve your goals and get the hands-on support and one-on-one training that you need in order to start investing. Just click on the link in the description to join the entrepreneur community today. And I learned how to delegate. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my uh, one of my bros that work with me now that does my flooring, um, he taught he pretty much taught me how to delegate. Like it's like you're working too much. Like you need to pay somebody to do it, and you go do this, and uh, or you, you making money like that. And um, so that's kind of how I learned how to get more done at uh one time mm-hmm. okay and uh what are you thinking in your mind at this time like are you thinking i want to build uh dream estates dream estates is going to do this this and this or are you just thinking let's just do some more deals this is working mm-hmm. at this time all that happened so fast i'm still trying to uh i'm still trying to understand like what i'm doing because mm-hmm. to me it was like i'm doing it but it's a big deal though you know when i really look back it's like the things that i I did all in that one year was it was a lot and um at that time it wasn't nothing to compare it to i didn't have no real estate buddies no older people i was talking all that stuff was just off of uh me just um rolling the dice and just going for what i know mm-hmm uh so that was that was then but probably by the time i got to the my uh second third flip that's when i understood like okay like i i know what i'm doing a little bit more and um uh i just kept going i -hmm. just kept going okay and uh what does the team look like today just you and your wife Mm. Obviously, you got your your crews and subcontractors and all that, but mm-hmm. like, uh, do you have anybody helping you find deals? Anybody? Uh, what's uh, it look like? Uh, finding deals, I rely on like <clears throat> me putting out the content. Uh, a lot of people follow my flips because uh, they like to watch the process. Uh, a lot of people tell me it's like you know. It's like watching HGTV because I always post on my story. So a lot of people be in tune with that. Mm-hmm. And that don't leave people head. So, you know, you can be talking to anybody and then they say, well, I, I want to sell my house or I'm thinking about or I'm in this situation. And then, um, you know, the first person should pop in your head is me if, you know, if you are always watching my stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's one way I use it uh, to um, get more property in. And then uh, the other way, I, I look on the MLS, and I kind of gauge a uh, property that's probably been sitting for a while and seeing how I can, you know, be creative with uh, a deal. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. Um, I got one that I'm closing on Monday, and it worked out. All right, yeah, congrats. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, it worked out. We didn't go ahead. No, what did you just say? Uh, we didn't talk about it earlier when we were up in the classroom, but making low offers on the MLS we've made 
thousands. Like uh, sometimes we just get on there and, you know, obviously we're probably not doing it for brand new construction. Right. But if it's been, and right now is a good time, property sitting on the market. You can find, uh, uh, you know, estates that are listing properties for sale, you know, uh, trusts that are listing properties right. for sale. Right. Uh, you can obviously see the deferred maintenance. If they only got one picture on it, you know that it's probably a good property to make an offer yeah, on. Yep. And we've made thousands and thousands. Me and my partner, Matt, used to do like uh, like 80 a day. For sure. Each. It work out? Uh, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. It's on the follow-up. Because, you know, the first email, and we used to send contracts, complete written contracts with a low offer. Then we started going to like emails like, hey, Roddy, and this is Alex, you know interested in your property here we could pay cash for this at this price we could maybe structure seller financing if they're open to it please let us know and just send out like an email like that and uh a lot of i don't think ever we've gotten someone that says yes on the first contact but if it sits there for a while for it sits there for a while when they come back and they're like you know maybe it's listed at 500 maybe we offer three and they come back they're like no but we'll take four it's like well i just got 100k off like that you know yeah it may not be at three but now i know there's some motivation and we can work it and negotiate it and so a lot of our money on those has been made in the follow-up and continuing to talk to them and negotiate it over time right and a lot of times like (coughs) me too um once i buy one house i almost always get (coughs) at least one another house um close to it so um (coughs) like uh uh i have one house and then a neighbor uh her the husband ended up passing away and uh, they was older so the daughter came and moved her mom to charlotte with her and you know they got him they called me right up got my number from my guys next door working mm-hmm. and i bought the house for the same price i bought that one okay yeah yeah and i mean uh it happens like that yeah i get a lot of them like that yeah yeah it's great door knocking talking mm-hmm. to people uh letting letting everybody know that you know you'll buy their house did uh did you ever do anything like skip tracing lists cold calling i tried man i failed at that that ain't my thing like i i figured out early on that wasn't for me what happened i just could never get nobody on the phone no i get them on the phone they get on the phone like no i ain't selling my house click uh-huh like they be on that one yeah but you know it's a part of the game so it ain't it like is. it discouraged me but that ain't for me i already pay somebody to do it yeah yeah well and that's the thing uh, a lot of people watching this podcast or you know all the agents or anybody uh anybody reaches out to us on social media everybody always asks like what's the uh best way to get the leads and the answer is is that they all work right door knocking sending mail Mm -hmm. you know sms blast cold calling social media networking working with agents mls you know going to the uh distressed owners who are facing pre-foreclosure or probate or divorce or whatever all the methods work you know they all work just about as well as the other uh it just depends on which one you're willing to stick with be consistent with and you know do day in and day out right and so uh you know i get it and uh, a lot of people probably don't enjoy or or like cold calling it's probably not the method for them but it doesn't mean that uh one of the other methods aren't going to work just as well for you exactly so let me ask you so what was your start in real estate like what did that look like the first property yeah that i bought uh it was a uh it was a single family house in austin uh probably about 10 15 minutes from here uh we got it it was brought to my partner matt uh from a wholesaler uh he had it under contract and he wanted a hundred and three thousand for it and this was in 2017 Hmm. and that was cheap there was nothing for sale uh for a hundred thousand i think the wholesaler was from a different uh city and so he didn't quite know what he had yeah uh, and so matt locked it up uh and i had been doing stuff with matt prior to that you know like i said we we're cold calling or i was putting out like you know bandit signs and uh by this time i had been uh sober for like three or four years um and maybe maybe less than that maybe like two years actually 
two or three years and I had uh, been studying similar to you the entire time and I had saved up a lot of cash and so I was sitting on like uh, I was sitting on probably like forty something thousand dollars and prior to that me and Matt were investing in like cannabis stocks Uh, at the time cannabis stocks were going crazy you know and uh, Canada was legalizing it and yeah uh, Matt had said, man, you got to uh, buy this house with me. You know, he's like, I got on a contract. Just split it with me. 50-50, we'll go in on it. Uh, and, you know, uh, I was like, man, you know, it's a good deal. Going through all the uh, analysis in my mind, I said, you know, I trust Matt. Uh, he knows what he's doing. If he thinks it's a good deal, uh, then I think it's a good deal. I trust that he's going to, you know, make sure that it all works out. Right. And so I ended up buying that first one with him. Uh, and then from from there, it's you just went all in on it. Well, what did y'all do with that one? We rented it out. Thankfully, oh. uh, that house needed a lot of work. <clears throat> uh, we ended up, that story on that one, so we got it under contract with the wholesaler at 103 but the seller had about like 30 something thousand dollars in liens uh on top of that payoff Mm -hmm. so when we got to closing the the cash close was a hundred and thirty nine (laughs) thousand so it increased quite a bit but it was still a good deal even at that price and so we negotiated with the wholesaler and the seller and said we're not paying 139 but wholesaler if you'll pay three thousand of that take it out of your fee and seller if you'll pay uh you know three thousand of that uh we'll buy it at you know 133 and so we ended up buying it at 133 we got a hard money loan for it matt put up half the cash close i put up half the cash close uh and the day we closed on it we had a tenant in it uh one of matt's uh friends co-workers or something needed a place to live yeah and we got him in there and he was a tenant there for like three years oh wow you still own it uh yeah still own it oh, that's dope <laughs> it's uh we bought it for 133 uh we refinanced six months later uh, i was appraised at like 190 uh did a cash out refinance pulled our money out plus a little bit more got a better interest rate because the first one was a hard money loan took that money went and bought the next one and today that house is probably worth 400 wow dang did you uh use the hard money loan to uh, renovate it no or just to buy just to buy uh um we had the tenant in there at the time if i knew what i knew now about hard money i would have the first few hard money loans that uh we got uh basically uh matt was like setting it all up and everything and i don't think uh I don't think at the time he fully realized that uh, we could get the funds from the hard money uh, lender uh, to do the rehab. Or maybe he did, but maybe he's like, eh, we don't need to spend it. I was basically just doing whatever he said to do. Uh, but we paid a lot of money uh, over the years in maintenance for that one. Uh, I mean, it wasn't in the best condition. Tenant was always putting in maintenance requests. Oh, okay. So it was cash flow negative, but we paid for it over time versus uh, all up front. I got you. But typically, uh, we utilize the hard money uh, rehab to do the do the construction. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good deal, though. That was a good deal. <laughs> we refinanced it, uh, did another cash out refi on it uh, in 2021, uh, I think. What did it appraise for then? 350 So we pulled another, like, 70000 uh plus out each, I think. Something like that. That's crazy. Seventy thousand total, maybe. Uh, yeah, and so we re- we did cash out refund it twice, and now it's locked in at like a three point five percent interest rate. You can't beat that. Nope, not anymore. That's did crazy. that? <coughs> took the uh, first cash out refund money, went and bought the second one. Uh, second one, I actually, uh, it was gonna be. I think our plan was to flip it initially. But it was such a good property, and uh, we we bought it at such a great price. Like, we're very aggressive when we are buying deals. 
we never pay market value. We're always going in and negotiating like crazy to get it far below. And we found one through the MLS offers, just blasting them out. Someone responded back. It was in the state. It had been listed for a while. Wasn't in uh, the best condition, like updated and everything, but it wasn't falling apart or anything really wrong with it either. Uh, and we got it for two. I think we got it for. Uh, I think we got it for like two sixty-two, two hundred sixty-two thousand. Yeah. And it was the cheapest house sold in that neighborhood in like uh, three years. Uh, so we got a good good deal on it. Uh, and I actually ended up turning that into a sober living. It would have been hard to make the uh, rent work with a long-term tenant at the time. Right. And at the time, I was still working in the uh, recovery industry. So we were doing, like, interventions and uh, transports to to and from detox centers, coaching. Oh. And I said, well, I could probably turn this into a sober living house, pay ourselves, you know, I'll pay us rent. Uh, from the sober living business that way it's cash flows and can support you know the mortgage and everything uh and did that for a while but no longer do that we just have long-term tenants in there okay hey do y'all have a section eight here yeah okay you uh you how you feel about section eight love it okay we have uh um our property manager doesn't love it but we uh have (coughs) doreen up you met her earlier yeah she we own eight nine now we own we own uh nine units with her two fourplexes and a single family house and she's a hustler she she gets after it um and we have a fourplex here in round rock which is just you know 10 minutes north from here uh we renovated those we were doing them as airbnbs but it wasn't really working out with the uh, cash flow and it was, you know, fluctuating and there's nothing necessarily special about the property really for like an Airbnb experience. And so we turned those into long-term tenants and during uh, hustled, got them all set up, got uh, section eight tenants in there uh, and they're all great tenants. That's good. Yeah. Why you ask? No, that's, um, I'm pretty much like, that's my little go-to right now. So, I'm trying to fill all the rest of my uh, the rentals up now with Section Eight. Okay, why I is just that? like it. You say what? Why is that? Um, I why just do you like, like it. I just like the the um, the the no hassle with the payment. That's uh-huh. like one of the main things. Yeah. Because it seems like it's always easy. You know, you know how it is with with the tenants. Like everybody got all the money when it's move in time, and then the next month it's like. Oh my dog died. I need. There's always a story. There's always a story, and that just get old. So it's like, and I like Section Eight even more now because like, now we can just do quarterly quarterly uh, checkups, make Mm -hmm. sure the property is um good shape, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. Yeah. So yeah. You're talking about you do the quarterly checkups? Yeah, I will because I'm always moving around. So. What is that the requirement of Section Eight? It's not a requirement, but you can put that in the lease agreement. Yeah, for your tenants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, that's like one, you know, that's one of the stigmas that um, they come with uh, that they're going to tear the property up. And that's kind of how you just kind of stay on top of it. Yep. That's what Doreen says. Yeah. Uh, We're going to check up quarterly. uh, And, you know, that way they know we're coming. They know it's going to be taken care of. uh, But we haven't had any issues with it uh, at all so far. And she's got uh, more Section 8 rentals, I believe. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. We're uh, so it was a fourplex, right? And one of the units wasn't being Airbnb. It was to a long-term tenant, and I think they were paying <coughs> uh, like fifteen hundred in rent at the time. And the other three uh, that do have Section Eight tenants in them, Doreen got them leased out for like seventeen hundred. So we needed that because we had to refinance last year, and with the high interest rates and. I don't know how it is in Augusta, but property taxes are high here. Uh, are they high in Augusta? It's not. It's <clears throat> not really high. Okay, well, keep it that way, cause yeah. like that fourplex, we probably pay twelve thousand dollars. Oh no, nothing like that. And property taxes annually. Shh. Wow. Come January, it hurts. 
you know, in a couple of months, there's probably going to be about $150,000 worth of property taxes that need to be paid. Yeah. But I bet y'all be having good tax lien sales on it because of there that. Is, there is good good tax lien sales. Uh, it's really high. I mean, around here, uh, the rent's high too, though, you know. Like, uh, it's hard to find anything in Round Rock, Austin, under 1800 bucks. Really? That's probably the bottom? Really? I mean, you could maybe go find a uh, studio or... I'm sure there's a duplex listed on there somewhere that's like 1500 But I'd say median rent's about 1800 bucks. Cat could probably look it up. You ever see Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah. This is Jamie. She's going to look up the uh, information for us. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, you know, prices are higher, property taxes are higher. It makes sense. Rent's higher. 1806. 1806 is median rent. Okay. And Austin? What in Austin drives the the market value up so high? Elon Musk. Uh, you know Elon? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things. Austin's uh, been a growing city for a long time. Right. It's the capital of Texas. Um, there's been a lot of jobs around here for a long time. Like in Round Rock, we got Dell uh, Computers Headquarters. They're there. In Austin, there's always been a lot of companies, a lot of jobs here. And Austin's always been a place where people come to as well and visit and travel um willie nelson's here you know the live music capital of the world they say i don't know if that's the case anymore oh, okay the festival today austin city limits uh they uh, that's a big deal austin city limits is a huge festival people from all over the world come we have a uh, south by southwest here uh every oh, year yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people come to that okay they built a uh the f1 uh, racing track in South Austin. That's another thing that people come all over the world. But really, I mean, when COVID hit, <coughs> a lot of jobs and companies started moving here. So Elon Musk brought uh, Tesla headquarters to Austin. Uh, you probably saw it leaving the airport, driving in here, maybe. Uh, if you didn't, the uh, Uber driver, you know, probably went down 35 or something. Yeah. But uh, it's huge. It's a mile-long facility. Uh, but he brought his headquarters here. And then once Elon came, then a lot of other people started coming. So Apple's here. You know, Facebook's here. Amazon has a bunch of stuff here. Uh, Oracle moved their headquarters here. Uh, what else am I missing? Um, Samsung. Yeah. They built a or are building a seventeen billion dollar plant in uh, Taylor. You say billion, billion with a B, seventeen billion. I think that's almost like, if not the GDP of all of Austin, is seventeen billion dollars or something. So they're building that there. That's going to bring a ton of jobs. Yeah, just so much stuff is coming to Austin, and so ultimately, you know, the jobs bring the uh, uh, value increase in, in properties but Austin's also a cool city you know I kind of kidnapped you today you didn't really get to go see it but there's a lot of cool things to do in Austin uh, you know at the lake and the river and downtown and uh, a lot of people enjoy being here yeah I know um, uh, yeah that's kind of like how <coughs> my city is growing as well like it's not as big as Austin of course but you know, we got the masters. We got the um, the medical um, scene there is very big. We got a couple colleges, military base. So um, that's like one of the things. Like, so we see a lot of people um, try to invest in Augusta that's from California or New York and things of that nature because of um, how cheap the real estate is there, and it's a growing market, and it's constantly. Um, uh it's never really just slow it's it'll slow down but it's it's not gonna ever really go bad because you got the everybody's 
always moving in, moving out, mm-hmm. uh, especially like with the military. Um, but one of the things we seeing now is like a ton of new constructions, though. So land is kind of like the big thing that's going on around us. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of Austin so far? I like Austin, man. Um, you like I said, you probably didn't get to. I'm gonna check much. out downtown. I'm gonna check downtown out uh, a little bit later. I'm gonna see what it looked like. Okay. My Uber, uh, the Uber guy, he just told me to uh, check check it out. Yeah. Yeah. You should go check it out. It's a beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time too. You know, uh, I don't know how hot it gets in Augusta, but hot. It gets hot here too. Yeah. It was like 105. You know, yeah. month ago. Yeah. I was in Houston about a month ago. It was. That was crazy. Like yeah. you could barely breathe. <laughs> yeah, but it feels good now. So like going downtown, walking around, yeah. you you have a good time. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. All right, and so tell me, uh, what is what does the future hold for you? So you do you do a lot. You've wholesaled a lot, flipped a lot. I know mm-hmm. you got deals under contract that are closing on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you give back to your community. For sure. Uh, continue to build the social media presence. What does the future hold for you and Dream Estates? Uh, so the future is, um, so I'm focused on now is kind of uh, what you guys were talking about earlier. Um, how can we, uh, w- what does the next level look like and how can we get there? And so that's what I'm just trying to figure out. Because So one of the things where I figure out that I learned um, with the real estate was I started to understand how important what I do and um, uh, when I started looking at the, the people around me, I'm responsible for a lot of people. A lot of people depend on me um, and a lot of people make a lot of money with me. So with that being said, um, I just trying to think lately about um, how to get to that next level and, and um, what does that look like and what we need to do so that's what do, you, what do you what do you think it looks like i don't know man a part of me want to do i honestly i don't know but i what what i think i want to do is just take what i have now and just multiply it i think like that's going to be the best thing i don't really want to get into um developing right now it's not like something i'm trying to do right now I like to do it and learn it, but right now I just think we can just make take what we're doing now and just make it more bigger. Okay. Do it on a bigger scale. Yeah. Like you doing it. Trying. You got it, man. What uh what's the biggest property y'all have, uh, door wise? Fourplex? Nah, just a duplex. <laughs> really, I'm not I'm not that big on uh, multifamily like that. Why not? That. I like single families. And I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah. So the why is the turnover rate on the um, on the uh, multifamilies. So usually you got two two or three bedrooms. Um, you got somebody that's uh, moving into an apartment with hopes and dreams of moving into a house. So as soon as they get in that apartment, uh, you know they probably already have a kid or two, and so you know. The next thing is like, okay, we need a house now. There's not enough space. So it's like that turnover rate is always going to kind of be the – I don't like that. Yeah, I get it. But you may you may not like it because you're managing. But when somebody else is managing, you still don't want the turnover. You want to decrease vacancy, decrease mm-hmm. the make raise, decrease the turnovers. But uh, I bet you – I don't know, but I'd love to look at this with you uh, and look at buying these with you uh, if you're open to it. I bet you the apartments look pretty good in Augusta. Uh, they just make more sense, at least here in Austin and in hot markets. Uh, if you're going to get some cash flow on some single-family houses, mm-hmm. you're also going to get some cash flow on some multifamily properties. Right. And uh, at scale, <coughs> you know, say it's just an eight-unit or you know, twenty-unit or whatever it is. And I'm only telling you this with our experience here, but like our best performing properties are eight plus units. Uh, we own 17 units in Lano. It's a nine plex and an eight plex. We own uh, 
an Apex in New Braunfels. We own a 14 unit. This is actually my favorite. 14 unit mobile home park in South Austin. Okay. That's the best property. No headache, no turnover. They're going to stay there. Tenants will stay there 20 years at the mobile home park. Okay. <laughs> Cash flow. Uh, and there's no maintenance on it, really, because it's just land. Right. But uh, right now, there's a big opportunity for people who might have bought some multifamily in the uh, last couple of years and their loans come and do uh, or their interest rates about to change to current interest rates and they're not going to be able to afford it anymore uh, because of the new cost of debt so they're going to have to sell these properties or something's going to happen uh, but they're going to have to offload them or the bank's going to take them back right and it's a good time to to be looking and you know seeing if you can find one that makes sense but I agree with you on the uh, turnover. Um, but there's also people who stay there for, you know, two, three years as well. Um, and uh, there's a way that it makes sense. The other cool part about it that I like is that <coughs> the value of it is not based on what the apartment complex next door sold for. Income. It's based on the income. There's, of course, some value to the cost to build it, the land, like if it has zero income it's not gonna sell for one dollar right but its true value is based on the income that it produced mm -hmm. and you can control that uh via things such as pushing the rents keeping uh maintenance down uh having efficient management um adding things such as like uh laundry facilities on site um yep. vending machines like whatever so long as you can increase that net operating income, the property is worth a lot more. Right, right, right. I agree. It's interesting. Like, uh, <clears throat> look at it like this. That's one of our goals, though, for sure. What'd you say? The, that's one of our goals to uh, own the multi family of uh, maybe 20 plus units or something like that. Let's look at the math on the 20 unit. All right. So let's say uh, you got a 20 unit apartment complex. Uh, Let's say you raise the rent. What what would an apartment rent for right now? Mm, depending on the location, but probably and your favorite zip code. Uh, let's say um, apartment. This is just say a thousand. Thousand bucks. Yep. Okay. All right. So it's bringing in uh, twenty thousand dollars a month if it's fully occupied. Uh, now, let's say you go to these twenty units. Say you buy it this year. <coughs> It's bringing in that maybe there's a little vacancy. There always is. Uh, but let's say you, you go to it next year and you tell all the 20 tenants, we're going to raise your rent by 100 bucks, Right? So now your income just increased by $2,000 uh, a month, right? Right. Now let's just say that, you know, considering 90% of it is occupied, maybe there's some vacancy here or there. So 1800 bucks. Okay times 12 is 21,600 bucks a year extra you're making right um, and due to the fact that it's not based on uh, the comps but the value of it's based on the income that it produced you know what uh, cap rates are yeah alright so like what's the cap rate in uh, Augusta like 6 uh, yeah 6 uh, I've seen 4 so 4 6 somewhere around there Let's call it six is probably a, a good one right now with interest rates where they're at. All right. And so we're going to take your annual income divided by the uh, cap rate. And you just created $360,000 worth of value. And all you did was this. Hey, Roddy, your, your rent this year is going to be $100 more. That's all you did to 20 tenants. And you created $360,000 worth of value. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that's what I like about it is uh, controlling the value of it, being able to increase the NOI, and not being based on the duplex sales next door, because you know that can really uh, screw you in the long run if oh, yeah. it's the wrong time or if the market goes a certain way, and uh, it's less noisy too. The the bigger properties, if they're good properties in good locations. It's less noise than I hear with our single family properties. I got you. 
We should look at buying yeah. some of them. Yeah, we should. <coughs> yeah, we're gonna need partners. Yeah, we, we could look at it. All right. Yeah, we we be having some good stuff down there, I'd especially be, on the commercial side too. What uh, what on the commercial side? Um, it's uh, what what I see on the commercial side, like, um, sometimes we have like, <coughs> uh, office office units come available. Um, some everything. I sh- I show you some of the stuff. All right, industrial. Yep, industrial. Um. Y'all have, y'all have mobile home parks there that you know about? Yeah, but it's like rare, like that you run across one. Yeah, storage units. Storage units, yeah. I'm but gonna check out Augusta. I'm really interested to learn about she it. She can't check it out. I come fly in, man. I take you around. All right, we show will. Show you some stuff. Um, all right. What else? Uh, what's your what's your piece of advice to people watching who, or maybe where you were when you um, first started? Oh, if you was where I were when I first started. I just say soak up all the information that you can, cause that's the that's really the the key to it. And um, don't pay attention to what you see everybody doing, uh, cause a lot a lot of stuff on the internet is isn't real life stuff. You know how it is, and um, just uh, take it one step at a time. Cause if you you uh, look too far deep into it, then you're gonna overthink it, and you're gonna uh, talk yourself out of it, and you'll never get started. Yep. So just take take one step at a time. One step at a time. Yep. Okay. And if anybody's uh, watching this and they know a deals in Augusta or anywhere uh, close by, where can they find oh, yeah. you? Oh, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Real Estate Roddy, uh, Facebook Rod Tolbert. Um, I ain't on Twitter no more, but that's kind of where you can find me. Real Estate Roddy. Yep. Where'd you come up with that name? Uh, I did a interview, and I was like, <laughs> I gotta. It was what it really was is reinventing myself. Mm-hmm. So it's really just a character. Yeah. Yeah. So well, who is Real Estate Roddy? Um, Real Estate Roddy is just a super cool, fly, um, young real estate guy. So, All right, Real Estate yeah. Roddy, you heard it here. Anything yeah. else you want to share with the people? Uh, uh, just stay focused, stay hungry. <coughs> and I appreciate y'all for having me. Absolutely. Thank it you. Was, it was dope. Until next time. when We'll record the next one when we're in Augusta. Yeah, let's do a tour. All right, we'll do a tour. Yeah. We, could, we could do a whole vlog. <laughs> yeah, we can. We should have done one today. Yeah, we should have. All right. Took some spots. Well, thank you guys for watching. Real Estate Roddy. Until next time when we're in Augusta. Peace. Thank you.